It's the home stretch of the National Hockey League with less than half a dozen games remaining for some teams, a week and a half or so, and we're starting to see a clear playoff picture. Some teams on the brink, whether they're going to make it or not, and those teams include the Vegas Golden Knights, Vancouver Canucks, and some players are having probably the most underrated spectacular seasons that we have seen in this league for some time. We'll go over some of those and more here on episode 129 of the Second Thoughts Hockey podcast. Let's go. Ah, welcome in as always. It is a, believe it or not, snowy Tuesday morning slash afternoon here in London, Ontario. Uh, We've already had a few inches. (laughs) I look at the date and it says April 19th. I've got a I've got family who are out in Florida right now enjoying a beautiful sun, and uh, I'm very jealous of them right now. So if, uh, you know, Brett and Tasha, Jocelyn Lee, and if you guys are having a good time, I'm envious of you guys right now and having uh, all that sunshine. They're going to be going to a hockey game later this week. Really awesome stuff, but... We've got to get to the show today and make sure you follow along on Instagram and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcasts, uh, wherever you get your podcasts online, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.com as well. The Hockey Writers of Anchor Nux, I'm actually really proud of myself. I just wrote a piece uh, last week. I've wrote a couple pieces in the last couple weeks, and I was a top 15 writer in all of the hockey writers, which is really cool. So I, uh, I really appreciate you know some people tuning in and, and reading up on, on what I've had to say. And funny enough, we're going to talk about Vancouver in a little bit and the fact that they've won six straight games. Everything going on. Brock Besser was out for five games. They're Captain Bo Horvat out. They keep winning. They're just a couple points out. It is wild to me. And one of the teams that they're chasing going in the opposite direction Vegas and the Jack Eichel effect. Uh, there's a few players I really want to give some some kudos to that are having instrumentally underrated seasons that I think should be getting a lot more credit than what they deserve. And it's just because we're used to so much greatness with McDavid and Matthews and Dreisaitl and Huberdo. And uh, we'll get to some of those other players that just, they're not getting the love that others are. And with the East, basically every playoff team is set in the East. It's just a matter of where they're going to fall. If the playoffs started today and most Teams in the West have clinched as well. There's just a couple spots remaining. But if the playoffs started today, what do the first-round matchups look like? Who do I like in each matchup? We'll go over those in a little bit. But I want to start with this story here because it's it's, it's slowly starting to get a little bit more recognition knowing that there's about five, four games left for some of these teams. And for right now, the Vegas Golden Knights, as we sit are three points back of the LA Kings for third in the Pacific, four points back of the Dallas Stars for the second wildcard seed. They've played 77 games. They have five games to go. And right now they are not in a playoff spot. The Vegas Golden Knights, who in their inaugural season went to the Stanley Cup Finals and have basically been perennial contenders and consistently adding to their repertoire of players. That first year, they didn't have Mark Stone. They've got Mark Stone. A couple years ago, they added Alex Petrangelo. They did not have him on their cup run. They also drafted in the expansion draft, Marc-Andre Fleury. He's no longer a part of that team. They've made a trade for Jack Eichel. 
They've not been very good with Jack Eichel. They've also been marred with a multitude of injuries. At one point, I think they still have roughly seven players on LTIR, but some of those players included Alec Martinez, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty was out for some time. Riley Smith, I believe, is still out right now for the Vegas Golden Knights, who is a lot more important. Now, in saying all this, Vegas over their last 10 games is 6-3-1. They won a collective amount in a row, but they've lost two straight. And two straight against teams that they really needed to beat. Last night, they fell 3-2 at the hands of the New Jersey Devils. And that's a tough blow because you look on the you look at the standings and you go, New Jersey is a bottom 10 team. They're a team we have to beat. Now, another team that has struggled against bottom 10 teams, the Toronto Maple Leafs. The difference is Toronto has clinched a playoff spot and are trying to lock up home ice in the first round. Vegas can't afford to lose these games. And despite Vegas's best efforts, shots on goal. Last night in New Jersey, 44-28. Know the name of the goaltender they lost to in New Jersey? Andrew Hammond, who picked up his first win of the season as a member of the New Jersey Devils. Wild to me. But this is what I want to get into here. I still think if you have an opportunity to acquire a player of Jack Eichel's caliber... If there's a chance, right, you got to make the effort. It's the same thing with the Toronto Maple Leafs and signing John Tavares to that contract. They were drafting us. Matthews was already drafted. They had Nazem Kadri there. But when a player of John Tavares' caliber becomes available, you have to at least make the effort in signing the guy. New Jersey, for as bad as they are this season, they pay Dougie Hamilton. They even if they you have to do it when a player of that caliber becomes available via trade free agency, you you've got to do it, and I you, you you can't blame any team for what the player has done like production wise. Jack Eichel, first season with Buffalo, fifty six points in eighty one games, second overall pick. Next season, fifty seven points in sixty one games, then sixty four and sixty seven, eighty one and seventy seven, seventy eight and sixty eight. And then injuries kind of marred him and his production a little bit. And this year in 29 games, 12 goals, 9 assists, 21 points. All those numbers look great. I'm going to read you a stat that you're not going to believe. Since Jack Eichel made his debut this season with the Vegas Golden Knights, the Vegas Golden Knights have a record of 13-14-2 since February 16th. Take a guess what Buffalo's record is in that time. In a harder division with a worse team that is not expected to to be a winning team for another maybe year or two. 13, 14, and 3. The Buffalo Sabres have nearly an identical record as the Vegas Golden Knights since Jack Eichel made his debut. Now everyone's saying, oh, the Jack Eichel effect, and, and, and you know, is, is it Jack's fault? And I, I know a lot of people are joking on that, but I went deeper into this. I studied up and I did some of the, I looked through some of the analytical metrics, the Corsi 4 percentages, right? 
goals for expected when you're on the ice versus when you're off the ice. Now, it's funny because, you know, the one of the stats that I think a lot of people go to, and it's been one of mine, has been Corsi 4 percentage in all, in, in all situations. And Jack Eichel this season has a very good Corsi 4 percentage, 57.8%. It's a very good number. If you're over the 50% mark, a good player gets around like 52, maybe 53%. And he's had always great metrics in that statistic. 57%, 63%, 57.8% his last three seasons. He's never been below 53.9%. That was his rookie year. I went, okay, that's pretty good. But I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. And I found a stat that I think really is going to put this in all perspective. There's a statistic out there called possession quality goals for and possession quality goals against. Basically, what the stat determines is when you have the puck, are you creating opportunities? Are you dangerous when the puck is on your stick? And Jack Eichel before has had really good possession quality goals for and goals against numbers. 2018-2019, his possession quality goals for was 61.4%. His goals against was 55%. Good numbers. Again, over the 50% plateau is a good number. Take a guess at what his possession quality goals for and goals against numbers are. Possession quality goals for. 21.9%. Possession quality goals against, 17%. He has had seasons in the 40s, 60s, 50s. He's got an even strength plus minus at plus 4.9% if you differentiate between the two numbers, 21.9 and 17 but 21.9%. What that ultimately means is that, yes, Corsi 4 means the time of, of when you're on the ice where you possess the puck. But when he possesses the puck, it's not dangerous. The quality. There's a, you know the statistic, goal saved above expected for goaltenders? Right, because because goals because same percentage, right? You take a lot of shots on the outside, but goals saved above expected is a number where a goaltender is stopping more pucks at a higher quality chance rate, and those numbers often dip a little bit, and they read a little bit more into the situation. This statistic is showing that even though when Jack Eichel is possessing the puck, the possession quality is a mere twenty one point nine percent, and let me say it again. He's had a year where his possession quality goals for was 61.4%. It was that 2018-2019 season. It was one of his best seasons. Even his defensive numbers, even the year after, 46.6%, 49.7%. Then the year he got hurt in Buffalo was just horrifically low, but he only played like 29 games. And I know he's only played in 29 games this season too. But you're on a better team. This is supposed to be a contending team. You have made moves for Mark Stone, for Alex Petrangelo, Max Pacioretty. You have literally traded for four different captains on four different teams. Actually, I'm not sure if Petrangelo was captain, but he was the leader of that blue line in St. Louis. Eichel was a captain in Buffalo. Stone was a captain in Ottawa. 
Pacioretty was the captain in Montreal. You have four former captains on your team right now. You want to know another crazy stat? Jack Eichel has played in over 400 NHL games. 404. He has yet to suit up in the playoffs. You want to hear an even crazier stat? In the 404 games, this goal-scoring phenom of a player, second overall, he's got two hat-tricks in his career. Just two. I understand hat-tricks are hard to come by. And I understand that he's been riddled with injuries since last year. But two? I'm not saying I'm not saying this is an Eichel problem. I just I went to dive in deep just to see. And that's what I came across. There's a lot of other issues going on in Vegas that they've done. They are notorious, apparently, for not treating their players well or with the respect, especially to certain veterans. Marc-Andre Fleury, and I'm just gonna say it, they made the wrong choice. In keeping Robin Leonard over Marc-Andre Fleury. And if you really break it down, you'd think they made the right choice. They picked the younger, they picked the cheaper, the longer-term player. Right? If you're business, that's, that's the decision you make. Right? You've got two employees. You've got a vet who's been successful for a long time, maybe has a couple years left, looks expensive. Or you've got someone a little bit younger, they're going to be there for the for this foreseeable future, they make a little bit less. And there's still potential upside. You go with them. Yeah, but sometimes you go, you stick it out with the guy that got you there. And again, I just, I do not, I feel so, because I'm telling you right now, if Vegas is Marc-Andre Fleury, and I know that Robin Leonard's been dealing with injuries, but if Vegas had decided to move off of Leonard and keep Fleury, I'm telling you right now, they'd be in a playoff position. And the only reason I'm saying that too, you remember when Marc-Andre Fleury got traded? Do you remember the player who was moved for Marc-Andre Fleury? No, neither did I. I had to look it up. It was forward prospect Mikhail Hakarainen. Who, who knows if he becomes a player? But I'll tell you this, he was the fifth round pick by the Chicago Blackhawks in 2018. That was four years ago, coming up on five. He's yet to play a game in the National Hockey League. The other thing you need to remember about this trade, Marc-Andre Fleury was coming off of a Vesna win. You traded a Vesna winning goaltender, the reigning Vesna winning goaltender, for a prospect who you might not be able to keep. Now, a lot of it also had to do with cap space. And a lot of times we see players get traded along with a pick to get rid of their cap space. But this is a goalie we're talking about. A goalie who won the Vesna. It's not a washed up player who's sitting with multiple years left on a deal. This isn't Toronto trading Patrick Marlowe because the dude can't hang anymore and he makes $6.8 million. Flurry's still playing. And by the way, still doing very well in Minnesota. Vegas is in a tough spot right now on the outside looking in. You know who Vegas' leading point getter is right now? 
And again, I understand the injury history with this team this season. Did you guess Jonathan Marcheseau with 64 points? Good player. Did you also know that Jonathan Marcheseau is the only player on Vegas to have more than 20 goals? You know who the next closest is? Evgeny Dadunov with 19. The guy they were trying to move before that trade got axed. Next is Chandler Stevenson, who they got in a random trade from the Washington Capitals, who is somehow their second leading scorer. Leonard started 43 games this season. Not horrible numbers, but a 2.83 goals against and a 907 save percentage. There is real concern that Vegas might not make it. Now, if they get in, they get healthy, they've got experience, you never know, but they got to get hot. But right now, they are in a really tough bind right now. It's just immaculate that that Vegas trades for Jack Eichel, a guy who's never been to the postseason before, on a team that is expected to make a postseason run, and now they're on the verge of not making it. It's absolutely astronomical to me. All right, I want to move on to the next piece here, and I want to talk about a team that all of a sudden has won six straight games and might make the playoffs. You know the Vancouver Canucks this season started with a record of 8-15-2? It's pretty amazing. They currently stand. They've won six straight games. They are 38-28-10. That means that since Bruce Boudreau took over as the head coach and Vancouver made all the coaching changes and head office changes, they have a record of 30, 13, and 8. Over the course of an 82-game season, that would put Vancouver at 48 wins. That would put them on pace for well over 100 points and comfortably... Not just in a playoff spot, but pushing the Calgary Flames for first in the Pacific Division. Now, they haven't done it over the whole season, which is the argument made there. But last night, in a very important game against the Dallas Stars, at home, Vancouver won a massive 6-2 game. Dallas got no points. They played each other, and Vancouver moved within five points of the Dallas Stars and four points within the LA Kings. By the way, they have a game in hand on both Vegas and Los Angeles, and Los Angeles is slowly crumbling. They're marred by injuries. Drew Doughty's out for the rest of the season. They've really struggled later. They're just 4-5-1 and one over their last 10. Yo, there's a real chance they could do it. Legitimately, I remember I wrote a piece on this about a month ago, and I said it's going to take a lot to happen for the Vancouver Canucks to squeak into the playoffs. And I don't really read the comments on some of my articles, just for the most part, they're, they're, they're relatively good. But, you know, there's always people out there, and I've been one of those people before, and you know them where they, they like to comment negative things and call you an idiot and all that, whatever. But a lot has happened that has gone Vancouver's way. And here they are, after starting the season 8-15-2, four points back of a playoff spot, and if they win their next game, they will be two points back of the LA Kings. 
And by the way, Brock Besser just returned to the lineup last night after being out for five games. Vancouver went 5-0 and in those games. Bo Horvat got hurt last game. He's out for a little bit. Vancouver won last night without Bo Horvat. Elias Pedersen on the six-game winning streak, 13 points. Dude is stepping up. Their goaltending, been sensational. Thatcher Demko right, leading the way. 2.63 goals against, 918 save percentage. I doubt there's a chance in the world that that dude is not playing every single game for the rest of the season. JT Miller, 91 points this season. Talk about, we're going to talk about underrated players and seasons that they're having so far. JT Miller has 91 friggin' points this season. Nobody's talking about it. Everybody talked about him when he was up for, you know, he was, quote, made available through trade for the trade deadline. Everyone's, oh, production, he's too expensive. And then the trade deadline ended, and everybody stopped talking about JT Miller. He still has 91 points this season. 91 points. That puts him top 10 in the NHL, ahead of guys like Artemi Panarin, Patrick Kane, Alexander Ovechkin, Nathan McKinnon, Steven Stamkos, Sidney Crosby, Alexander Barkov. Nazem Kadri, remember everyone freaked out when Nazem Kadri was having this season? Yeah, JT Miller has more points than him. So Vancouver's got six games remaining, right? Six games left. The crazy thing about their schedule is, one, they play teams that, A, they should beat, but then they play teams that they're chasing. They play tonight against the Ottawa Senators. It's a back-to-back and they go Thursday in Minnesota, tough game. At Calgary Saturday, tough game. Versus Seattle, should be a win. And then the last two games of the season are easily the most important. Every game is. I think they've, they've got to win out. But they go, they go at home and they play the Kings on the 28th. And then they go to Edmonton the next day and play the Oilers in Edmonton. Edmonton at that point might have already locked up a playoff spot. And those are the two games I'm searching for. If they go four and two over these next six games, let's just say, right? And they lose to, I'm going to say, Calgary and Minnesota. But they beat the Sens, Kraken, Kings, and Oilers. That gives them eight more points. That puts them at about 94. And you kind of just see what happens. By the way, the only team to clinch in the Pacific Division so far has been the Calgary Flames. Edmonton's not there yet. They got 94 points. They're comfortable. They're not there yet. Kings, I don't know if they're going to get there. They are running out of room. Nashville, Dallas, they're clinging right now. They're not doing themselves any favors. Dallas got smoked last night, and Vegas didn't win. There is a real opportunity here. For the Vancouver Canucks to make the NHL playoffs. It's not a far-fetched idea anymore. They're taking care of business. The teams in front of them are stumbling. It's real. My last piece that's currently out right now for the hockey writers kind of breaks down what Vancouver needed to do and around the points total that they would need to get in. If you want to go check it out, the hockey writers, that's uh, that's been the one that's been doing really well so far. And it's nice that things stay relevant after a couple days. So uh, that one's available if you want to go check it out. But basically outlining everything I'm telling you here. But they're not in right now. And that's where we're going to move on here. 
the Eastern Conference playoffs, every single team, every every position's been clinched. The Eastern Conference, every team that is currently not in a playoff spot is eliminated. Every team that is in a current playoff spot is automatically in a playoff spot. The Capitals just locked it up a couple days ago. The Islanders were eliminated by the Toronto Maple Leafs a couple nights ago. And the the Eastern Conference is a lock. And by the way, if Washington were in the Western Conference, they are the lowest wildcard seed with 96 points. They would be in second in the Pacific or the easily the top wildcard position, depending on what division that they're in. But I want to go through some of the matchups. If the playoffs started today, who's playing who, who I like, and why. Let's start in the Eastern Conference. The first matchup has the Florida Panthers against the Washington Capitals. This is a matchup that I'm really intrigued by. Because all the jokes get made about teams like Toronto for not winning a playoff series. Florida hasn't won a playoff series since the 90s. Yeah, the year didn't start with a two. The last time the Panthers won a playoff series. Now, I think Washington could surprise. They have played very well against some of the top tier teams over the last little bit. But I think Florida's too good this year. I don't believe in their goaltending. I don't believe Mabrowski. If you heard it on the last episode of the podcast with Alex Hobson, he said the team I don't want to play is Florida. And I said, well, actually... Sergei Bobrovsky's career goals against average in the playoffs is like 326 and in .899 save percentage. He's not great in the playoffs. So I wouldn't mind that matchup if I were Toronto. But I like Florida against Washington similarly because Washington was also inquiring about a goaltender and I don't think they're fully confident in either Vitek Vanacek or Ilya Samsonov. So I think that this series could go longer than you think, and the Caps could surprise and knock them off just based on history, and Washington's got a little bit more pedigree. But Florida just, if Florida goes out in the first round, they need to, it, like, it, they got to have to figure it all out. They got to retool big time. They traded everything to get Sherratt, Hag, Giroux. They signed Bobrovsky a few years back. They, lo- they locked up Barkov. Ekblad's going to be coming back, so defensively they'll make it a little, they'll they'll boost a little bit. But if Florida doesn't win that series, it's bad news bears for that team because they went all all in. They don't have a first round pick to like 2025 or 2024, one of the two. But I think I like Florida in that matchup. The second matchup is Toronto versus Tampa Bay, and I'm going to be honest here. I could legitimately go either way. Do you know Toronto this season against Florida, Tampa Bay, and Boston are 5-0-1 against those teams? It's Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo they suck against. But Tampa, Florida, Boston, 5-0-1. The one loss in overtime was on the second half of a back-to-back in Florida with their third-string goaltender. In which they scored six goals. I feel like the Leafs have handed really handled Tampa very well. And they have the firepower to match. And they finally have the defensive depth where, God forbid, a guy gets hurt. They have players to fill that in. But if I'm a betting man, 
and I'm putting money on the line here, if I take $100 and I got to put it on Toronto or Tampa, I would probably go Tampa Bay strictly off of Andre Vasilevsky dating back to the last two Stanley Cup runs that they've had has had a series clinching shutout in five straight series dating back to their first cup win in the bubble in 2020. That's the X factor to me. That dude, Bobrovsky and Vasilevsky, both incredible goaltenders regular season. Bobrovsky dips, Vasilevsky rises. Vasilevsky is the X factor. Now we saw Jack Campbell play incredibly well last year in Toronto. But if I got to pick a goalie, as good as Jack Campbell's been, and he's looked better since the injury, Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the world. The best goalie in the world right now. So that's where I would go to because he's a goalie who can steal a game, a, a, a game or two, a series, no matter how much talent you have up front. So I would, I would lean Tampa. I think that series goes minimum six games, though. That's going to be a fun series regardless. The next one's Carolina-Boston. I'm going to be honest with you. This is probably one of my favorite matchups. They are both chippy. They are both physical. They are both built very well defensively. But I think Carolina is so well-rounded. I think they come out. Now... They need to reevaluate Frederick Anderson, who was just diagnosed with an injury. They're going to reevaluate next week, see where he's at. But if Freddie's good to go, he's a Vezda candidate this season, I think Carolina wins. I think Boston, I think this is the year that they, they kind of fizzle out. You've already really seen a lot of that tough Bruin core that we've been so accustomed to for the last decade. Zdeno Chara's not there. Tuka Rask is not there. Marchand and, and, and Pasternak and Bergeron, Bergeron specifically and Marchand, they're getting older. Bergeron's re, he's going to figure out what he wants to do after the season. David Krejci's not there, who I think was one of their biggest X factors. You know, and I named Tuka Rask and Zdeno Chara on that list. I think Krejci was even a bigger X factor. Having that second line center that can go out there and take care of business and really make the other team second guess who they want to match up against is such a significant advantage. And Boston didn't have that. They got Charlie Coyle. They've had to split up the, quote, perfection line of Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak to balance things out. They got Pasternak on the second line with Coyle and Hall. Why? Because Coyle and Hall on their own just aren't going to do it. Krejci and Hall could do it. It's nothing against Charlie Coyle, but I'm I, I, that just speaks volumes to what David Krejci did. But I think Carolina wins that matchup. All right, final one in the East is the Rangers versus the Penguins. And honestly, similarly to Toronto-Tampa, I'd go either way here. Penguins are playing so well, and they're getting healthy. It's kind of one of those last dance situations with the whole of Genny Malkin, Crosby, and Latang era. You know, they traded. They've still got, you know, veterans. They they made a couple moves. They brought in some guys. Um, Ricard Raquel from Anaheim. They've had some pretty good goaltending. Now, Jari's kind of been figuring it out. They've, they were, quote-unquote, on the market for a goalie, too. But I think Jari's been really good. But again, it's the same situation. The Rangers also loaded up specifically for this time of year 
Barclay Goodrow, Ryan Reeves. Riders having a ridiculous season. Adam Fox is probably the best defenseman in this series. And you've got the probably Vesna winner in Igor Shosturkin. The Rangers and good goaltending, man. It has been the key to this team's success for the last, I don't know how many years, going back to Lundqvist. Mike, uh, Mike Richter, if you remember him. I just I think the Rangers loaded up. I just think they overpower Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is also just kind of underwhelmed the last few years in the playoffs. They just keep getting beat down by teams like the Islanders over the last couple. And they just they've they haven't actually they kind of have that Washington Capitals mentality where they just they haven't been able to get out of the first round in a little bit, even like Toronto. They just keep getting beat. And the Islanders for the last couple of years were just the team that just decimated them. And I think the, the Rangers are so physical and so similar, but they just have more talent. I think the Rangers just pull that one off. Uh, okay, let's go over to the Western Conference right now. And the first the first series I'm not even going to spend a whole lot of time on, it'd be Colorado-Dallas. Whoever plays Colorado in the first round, this series goes no more than five games. I'm dead serious. The Avalanche are on a whole other level. They have added pieces that they need to go. Josh Manson's a beast. They've got a great goaltender. Kadri's having a year. Rantanen, McKinnon, Landis Cog comes back. Like, I just want to go through some of their players right now, and I just need you to realize how dominant they are. Guys like Valerie Nachuchkin, who's only played in 57 games this season, has 47 points and 22 goals. He'd be the second leading scorer on the Vegas Golden Knights. Kale McCarr is having one of the greatest seasons for a defenseman outside of Roman Yossi. He's got 26 goals and 57 points. Kadri is having a breakout season with 83 points. McKinnon in just 60 games has 84 points. Randon's leading the way with 91. Landis Cog's been hurt and still has 59 and 51 games. Devon Taves has 47 points. Andre Burakovsky, remember him? 22 goals, 36. They're loaded. They're absolutely loaded. Their goaltending, Darcy Kemper, 36-10-3, 2-4-3 goals against, 9-24 save percentage. It doesn't matter who plays Colorado in the first round. They're not making it past five games. They're just not. Second series here, St. Louis, Minnesota. St. Louis would have the upper hand. But I would go Minnesota. I think the Wild have made some amazing moves. And the Blues are getting hot. And they've kind of got a guy in Philly who so I think they're going to go with down the stretch. I like the Wilds goaltending and Marc-Andre Fleury, man. Also, Cam Talbot has been spectacular since they traded for him, too. Kaprizov's a beast. Zuccarello's having a very underrated season, too. Do you know Matt Zuccarello has 74 points this season in 67 games? How many points do you think Kevin Fiala has? Little Kevin Fiala. 73 this team is sneaky good, man. And defensively, they've got some names. Jared Spurgeon, the captain. Jonas Brodeen is a really good player. Matt Dumba is a really good player. They've got depth. Dmitry Kulikov and, and Matt Boldy, Alex Goligoski. they got veterans. They traded for Nicholas Deloria. Then they traded for defenseman uh, Jake Middleton. Jordy Benz on that lineup, too, is, is backup. They're just really deep, and they're just an annoying team to play against. And Flurry's got a 2.89 goals against with a 9.909 uh, save percentage, and Cam Talbot's got a 9.10 save percentage and a 2.84 goals against. Their goaltending's been great lately. 
They've got two guys who they feel, I think, really comfortable with. And Minnesota be the Rome team, but I would take Minnesota over St. Louis in the first round. Next series would be the Calgary Flames and Nashville Predators. Calgary at home on this one. I think this series is a little bit closer than most might think. Like, some people are going to say Calgary, either the sweep or in five. I think it could go six. I think UC Soros is a good enough goaltender that he'd steal a game or two, maybe even. But Calgary's the better team. They're just, they're more, they're built for this. They made some moves. Uh, the the Tyler Chafoli deal was fantastic. He's been great for them. Goudreau, we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but he is just on another level of season. I think he's ready to go. And I feel like this team is kind of able to move on without having to force Sean Monahan into the lineup. It's almost like he was holding the back, and I feel bad because injury is not fun. But Monahan just felt like he had to be played within the top nine, and he's just not there. I don't know what's going on, but he's just not, he's not there right now. And I think Calgary probably wins this in about six, maybe five, I'd say six. And Nashville has just kind of been on a run. I think that um, Matt Duchesne and and um, Johansson, Ryan Johansson have had really good bounce back seasons. And Roman Yossi's probably the best defenseman in the NHL. He's, he's going to be close to winning the Norse. It's either him and Makar. But I, I just, I can't not go with the team that Calgary, just they're built for this. I think they win this one in like six. And then the final series here is the Oilers and Kings. Now, if this matchup stands, and I know two weeks ago I said I would still take the Kings, I'm going to change my answer because Drew Doughty is now out for the year and the Kings are faltering. If the Kings were healthy, I'd pick LA. But they're not. They also might not be here. Now, if it's Edmonton, Vegas, or Edmonton, Vancouver, I'm telling you it's coin flip. Because whatever matchup Edmonton gets, whether it's the Kings, Vegas, or Vancouver, I'm not even going to say the Kings make it. I don't think the Kings are there. I think it's one of Vegas or Vancouver. If the Oilers got to play Vegas or Vancouver, one, if Vegas just gets in, they're dangerous. The problem is if they get there. But both teams have the better goalie over Edmonton. Now I know Mike Smith just got a shutout. He's been playing really well lately. I don't buy it. I don't buy him. I've said it since day one of the regular season. I don't buy it. I don't buy the Oilers. And uh, I just, I, I don't buy what they've done lately. And they beat the Golden Knights for nothing. And they beat the Predators for nothing. I just I go through their schedule. And the teams that they're going to play in the playoffs, they lose to. The Minnesota Wild, they lost 4-1. Avalanche lost 2-1 in overtime or shootout. The Kings, they beat the Kings. They beat the Sharks. They beat the Ducks. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, they lost the Flames. Oh, they beat the Sharks again. That's fantastic. Oh, they lost to Dallas. They lost to the Avalanche. Oh, they beat the Devils. They beat the Sabres. Oh, my God. They lost the Flames. Lost the Blackhawks. Lost the Hurricanes. Oh, there's a win against Florida. Oh, they lost the Lightning. Lost the Wild. I feel like they're a team that beats the really good, that, that beats the teams that they should beat. And they just, they don't have the same record against teams. They just, they're way worse against teams that are in a playoff spot. And I don't know, playoffs are different. And I just, they got swept last year by a way worse team with a better goalie in the Winnipeg Jets. 
And I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy it. If they play the Kings, I pick Edmonton. If they play Vegas or Vancouver, I'm probably picking Vegas or Vancouver in about six or seven. All right. uh, Last thing I want to get to here, and I want to make this quick because we're a little bit longer than I thought we were going to be today. You remember, it was either last week or the week before on the podcast, I had said that there are currently 46 players in the National Hockey League that are averaging more than a point per game this season. And we are getting guys like McDavid and Huberto and Matthews and Dreisaitl with these insane seasons of 100-plus points, maybe 60 goals. And there's a lot of players getting forgotten about in the incredible seasons that they had. I just mentioned the fact that Kevin Fiala has like 73 points this season. Matt Zuccarello has like 76 points this season. Matt Duchesne, a guy that could barely put up 50 the year before, has 77 points and he's going to hit 40 goals. Philip Forsberg has 75 points. Roman Yossi has 88. But there's a, a superstar player that is just not getting enough attention for being three points off of the NHL lead right now. That is Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny Gaudreau notched the most even strength points since 1995-96 when Yarmer Yager put up 95 even strength points. There have only been 17 players in the history of the NHL that have scored 85 even strength points or more in a season. That is from the Canadian press's Darren Haynes. He also set a career high in goals, assists, and points. He's got six games left. You want to hear just the crazier, the crazier stat about this? He leads the NHL with a plus 61 rating. I understand plus minus is a complicated stat it's not as it doesn't sit as well I've listened to podcasts where former players have gone you know who cares about plus minus players do it shows dash one plus two dash three those numbers get brought up and yeah there's offensive zone face-offs and defensive zone face-offs and Corsi four percentage, you know, but we dominate play and we got scored on by this or, oh, we were on the power play and they scored a shorthanded goal. The simple way to look at that stat is if you are in the pluses, you are on the ice for more goals for at five on five than you are against. When you're out there and the teams are even, you score more goals than you give up when you are on the ice. That's the simple, that's the simplicity of the stat. You don't need to look more into it. Every stat doesn't need to be this highly detail-oriented, crazy thing that you can stretch out and maximize over a multitude of different areas. If you don't like plus-minus, that's fine. But look at it through the simplistic way of, are you on the ice for more goals for or goals against at 5-on-5? If you're on for more goals than you are against... Great, you're doing a good job. It means you're scoring more than the other team when the game is even, which, by the way, matters more in the playoffs. Why? Because less penalties get called. Crazy that you'd want to be on the ice for 61 more goals than you are against. 
that's an insane number. I remember a year where the Washington Capitals won the President's Trophy. They were the best team in the regular season. And they're, they had some defensemen that were like plus 35, 36, 37. It's pretty wild. Even Ovechkin was like a plus 20-something. And he scores all his goals on the power play. Plus 61 is insane. Not only are you scoring absurdly more goals than your opponent, you're not giving up any. Plus 61. If I go to his stats right now, Again, he's only got he's got 85 even strength points. So if you take off 24, that means that if you go strictly strictly off his even strength points, 85, and you minus 24, he has been on the ice or assisted on 85 goals, and he's only been on the ice for 24 against. That's insane to me. And no one's talking about it. That's got to be the most underrated stat of the season. Some other players I want to highlight on this list that I just, I do not think they're getting nearly as much talk about. Kapril, uh, Kirill Kaprizov has 43 goals and 93 points. It's his second full season in the league. The dude is an absolute superstar. Artemi Panarin, you remember him, by the way? Hello, remember me? Artemi Panarin has 90 points. Did we forget about this dude? JT Miller, I mentioned earlier, 91 points. You know that the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, right? Waste of a season, not great. I mean, team isn't great. Patrick Kane has 88 points this season. He has 63 assists. I know Ovechkin is not the Rocket Richard leader right now. But he's got 48 goals this season. Oh, he's got 87 points. The grade eight's still doing it in year 16, folks. Steven Stamkos, Tampa Bay, remember him? He's got 84 points this season. It is absurd going down the list of players who are having lights-out seasons. One of the guys I don't think anyone, anyone remembered, Jake Gensel, has 78 points this season in 71 games. He has 37 goals. Yeah, but he plays with Sidney Crosby. Remember, Sidney Crosby has missed about 10 games this season. Due to injury, he has not played with Crosby all year. There have been an insane amount of players with an insane amount of uh, record record-breaking for them seasons, and it's been remarkable. And I think that they should have, they should continue to get the praise that they are getting. But Gaudreau's season is just—it's not being talked about enough. It just isn't. Huberto's had heart conversation has had heart mentions before. I don't think anyone's mentioning Gaudreau, and it's wild to me because the plus 61 stands out to no avail. It's first time since 1995-96 that a player scored 85 even strength points or more. The last dude to do it was friggin' Yarmir Yager. It's insane. All right, finally, some news and notes before I get on out of here today. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, Carolina Hurricanes goaltender Frederick Anderson is going to be reevaluated in about a week for injury that he sustained in Saturday's loss to Colorado. He tweaked it, kind of falling back on his knee. He's going to go undergo an MRI, according to TSN's Pierre Lebrun. No details have emerged, but they're going to look back in next week and see how bad it is. That's going to be a tough blow if that dude can't go because that's he's been a Vesna candidate. Carolina really needs him to be there, and it would give him a huge advantage over a team like Boston, who they would play if the playoffs started today. 
Uh, Detroit Red Wings captain Dylan Larkin underwent core muscle surgery yesterday. He is out for the rest of the season. Expected recovery time is about 8 to 10 weeks. He had a really, really strong season. 31 goals, 69 points, 70 games. Another super underrated guy. Uh, Hopefully Dylan Larkin makes a swift and healthy recovery. New York Islanders forward Matthew Parcell was fined $2,500 for, quote, unsportsmanlike conduct for holding on to Mitch Marner on the bench in Sunday's loss to Toronto. The NHL's player of player safety, the Department of Player Safety, sorry, announced the supplemental discipline yesterday. I think it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> doesn't do anything for anybody. Oh, the NHL's watching you. $2,500. It's it's the most useless thing they could have done this season. More useless than any missed call that they've done. The fact that they made Barzell pay $2,500, that's just, it's, it's comical to me. It really is. And then lastly, the Toronto Maple Leafs etched themselves into the history books. They, they set a new franchise record for points with 106 and wins for 50 in a regular season with the win over the Islanders. They accomplished that feat with, still with six games to go uh, in the 100-plus year. Uh, existence of the franchise they have never had 50 wins or more than 106 points before so congratulations going on out to them they play the flyers tonight by the way should be a good one no austin matthews for game two resting uh due to an ailment that he suffered uh the team is comfortable where they want to be they'd like to get that second seed but um just to be on the cautious side austin matthews missing his second straight game that is it for the show today thank you very much for listening as always if you want to follow along on google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, spotify you can sd hockey podcast instagram and twitter and the latest piece from the hockey writers on the vancouver canucks coming out later on this week just search at the hockey writers for uh, all their latest pieces on facebook search them online do whatever you got to do Uh, I got a shovel, amazingly enough. I never thought I'd say that on April the 19th today. Go enjoy today, the rest of the week. We'll see you next week. Until then, that's a wrap. (laughs) 